When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Gentry. I'm Bergen DeVell. Lou Cirillo. Jake Worlin. And Patrick Uchkowski. You didn't want to introduce your daughter? Come on, she's a co-host today. (laughs) There's Penelope. There you go. (laughs) So when we say the wrong thing, we'll hear screeching. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, today we're going to be talking about the PM interview. So um, this is, you know, something that we all experience, obviously being in product, but folks that are aspirational getting into product, they want to kind of know how it goes and and how to... um, how to best navigate it um, and, and prepare. Well, maybe we should uh, start by describing what the PM interview process at, at Ibotta looks like. And if we, if you guys have had experiences at other companies, you know, we can kind of jump in there. But at Ibotta, like one of the first things that we do with any person is kind of see if you're a culture fit for the company. I think that's probably the most, in my opinion, that's probably the most important part of the, uh, the interview process is just seeing if a PM is going to culturally match match with the company. And and beyond that, like from a culture perspective, what I kind of look for, at least recently is, do I think this person can, um, from an attitude wise, match with cross-functional stakeholders, not just product management at Ibotta, but can they really like, you know, could I see them talking to our CEO and our CTO and actually having a decent conversation or are they the type of person who, you know, probably couldn't put up with that type with their with their questions or are they too soft? You know, that's kind of one of the things that I generally look for. Culture fits an interesting term. Like how, how would you define that? I mean, you, you kind of touched on, can they kind of have conversations with some of the leadership, but what does culture fit mean? Um, I think it's different from ev- for every company. What I've noticed at Ibotta is that you have to be really open and willing to accept feedback and input from everywhere. So if you're definitely a, I do this all on my own type of guy. You don't understand how to like collect feedback from other places and truly own it. Um, I don't, I wouldn't think you're a good culture fit because you're going to get requirements from everybody and your job isn't to be the the dictator. Your job is to kind of ush, ush things through in a really easy way that makes everybody that you're not going to make everybody happy, but yeah, at least try. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, the way that I think about culture fit is when evaluating PM candidates, there's evaluating PM candidates for their technical skills. Like, can they write a good user story? Can they keep a backlog room? Can they run a stand-up? Can they do all of those things? And then can they be a good PM at Ibotta? And Lou, I think this is what you're getting at. And it's not like, do they fit a particular mold? It's can can they be successful in the type of environment that Ibotta cultivates? Um, and so for that, like I, I look for things around being flexible, 
um, having more of a strategic mindset as opposed to an executional mindset. Like, can you be creative and own kind of the entire business line if, if we ask you to? Um, are you able to build relationships with those cross-functional stakeholders? Can you say no to folks because iBot is still a startup at heart and wants to do all the things and we can't do all the things. So how do you navigate navigate that world effectively? There are a couple other things too, but that's how I think about it. You kind of hit on the what other these part. Are, oh, go ahead, Lou. I was going to say, yeah, you, you hit it on a good part. So maybe uh, recently, I think we've all been involved in different parts of the product interview. One of them is strategy as well. So maybe if somebody else want to talk us through what the different kind of aspects of our all day long interview are and the different parts and what they look for? Yeah, sure. It's been a bit actually since I've been um, part of the project review, but at least, um, and, and you guys can kind of step, jump in here if I, if I miss anything, but I really appreciate the marathon, I guess I would call interview experience that PMs have at Ibotta. So we, the day starts off uh, an order of operations might vary by participant, but you'll meet with the engineering organization. So you'll meet with both an EM as well as an individual engineer. And I think that section is really important just to discuss products relationship with engineering as that does vary quite a bit across different organizations. But um, essentially I've been at Ibotta for almost a year and a half now. So I'm, I'm kind of picking my brain just to, to recall that process, but um, you'll meet with an engineer. They'll kind of talk to you about their relationship with product. How do you work together to write stories? I think that might vary in regards to the area of the business that you support. If you're working kind of on a front end mobile web or um, our browser extension product um, might be a little bit easier as the PM to be writing those user stories on the platform side. It's a little bit different more so setting the expectation around the what and the why and letting engineering kind of figure out how to execute against those, those platform goals. Um, you'll also meet with other stakeholders outside of product. So you'll talk to, um, I remember my experience, I met with marketing leadership, um, technology leadership, as well as product leadership. So you kind of have your leadership panel interview You'll also do the strategy or, or project review, which I thought was a really um, different experience than I've had interviewing at other organizations. Uh, it's very, I think it can be kind of easy to go in and talk about experiences, but when you have to kind of put a pen to paper or put some thoughts down in a slide and kind of come up with a robust project overview, I think that's really where you can, can put people's experience to the test in that, in that kind of project review with the presentation. So I don't know if those, I guess we've all kind of been here a while. Lou, you're probably newest in regards to um, having the project review. Did I, did I, did I cover all the areas of the interview? I think there might be a couple other stakeholders that product managers meet with. Did I miss anybody? Analytics is the other big one. There you go. Yeah. If you want to touch on that, that's a good call out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, just to add on to what you're saying, I think um, it's interesting because I'm kind of on the other end, like organizing a lot of those now, or it's like, all right, we need to make sure that they can build relationships with all of these key partners around the business. So yeah, like marketing or analytics or technology engineering. And I, the way that I've been thinking about it is it takes a village to hire somebody. Like, I think it's a bad move for like the hiring manager to just drop a product manager into an organization and say, Hey, everybody else in the organization, figure out how to work with this person. We think they're great. Um, and I think a lot of this is just making sure that 
the team that they are joining, which is more than just the product team, is excited and comfortable with bringing them on. So yeah, I think over the course of the day, we have them talk with other other product managers to get an idea of their like prioritization skill sets, um, their strategic skill sets, but then like t- working with analytics. How do they think about working with engineering? I think the question that is always asked in that meeting is how do you handle tech debt? Because that's what engineering, um, that's kind of one of the bigger concerns that engineering tends to have, I think, in terms of um, working with product is making sure that stuff gets prioritized. So yeah, I think it's it's including the village um, in making that decision and making sure everyone's sharing the load and feeling good about bringing someone in. Yeah, there's um, one other thing that I, I, I looked for initially when I was more involved in that process was, um, especially being a consumer-facing app that is easily accessible for folks that are interviewing, and being in product, if you're interviewing at a consumer-facing tech company and you're not using the product or haven't tried it, like that, that's a pretty red flag to me that you're not that interested. Um, I like to see passion in interviews. So I like to f- see folks that are excited about the opportunity to work at uh, uh, um, your company. So if they have, you know, you'll, you'll see those overachievers kind of put together documents of like, hey, I audited the, the app and this, here's what I found. And like, that's exciting. Like, I'm like, man, this guy's like a, you know, this person's a go-getter, like let's, uh, and they're excited. So that, you know, that that's an element of that that I look for that, that uh, um, determines success in the role. What would you, maybe this question for Patrick, like what would you, if, if someone was going into a, a marathon interview day for the first time and they, they've landed a they've landed an interview with a company how would you what would you tell them to think about as they go in how would you suggest they prep yeah and this one's kind of interesting because i've been trying to sit here and think a little bit about how we're structuring this question because i feel like as you know senior and above pms we are viewing it as that lens as if we were going to be interviewing another senior um, in many ways, I think it very much depends on are you coming in looking for a director, senior, mid, or even an associate role. Um, overall, though, I mean, kind of what Kevin was hitting on, the biggest thing is generally do your due diligence, break down the app, understand what you're doing and coming in with experience. But more broadly, I think it's just understand your domain and the ability to speak to it. So. If you think, hey, I'm an associate PM coming in, you may not have executed on product strategy, you may not have executed a full roadmap, but you might have been a project manager in the past and done a very deliberate you know, project management process. But what you can start to do is start stretching your ability into product overall and always start thinking about like successes and failures in product. Things you use every day that you love, why do you love it? Things that, that failed, that you were sad failed, or maybe you can find the rationale behind it. And I think over time, as you start to move on towards mid, senior, and above roles, that relationship morphs. So it's no longer potentially sitting here going, hey, you know, what failed? But instead, it's more about like, why did this happen? Hey, what kind of data sets did I get? How did that inform my decision-making for strategy? Did I get data points that caused me to pivot? Um, do you end up with like weird misconceptions about how you're executing or do people have these misconceptions about you that maybe you need to deflect? Like, how do you build candor and an open environment with other stakeholders? So it's much more on the like, yeah, you can talk like super in depth about strategy and stuff, but having a well rehearsed and well thought out story about what you're bringing and why, regardless of your skill set, goes a long way. Yeah, I think I'd 
I'd agree with everything Patrick said. He hit the nail on the head that I think you have to have different expectations for different levels of the role. We've been doing interviews for the uh, for product managers at Ibotta, and I've been doing the strategy ones recently. And we kind of re- we reworked the questions to kind of handle that edge case to kind of two different sections. One is, do you technically understand the concepts of strategy? You know, could you explain to me what makes up a good strategy? Could you explain to me what a vision is, how it relates to it, and you know how you would present a strategy to senior leadership? Those are kind of like fundamentals. We want to just make sure, and you'd be surprised at how many people interviewing for senior roles don't understand those. So we try to start there. And then for the associate style role, we realize that I think you're not going to have experience having built a product strategy. So what we decided to do was try and create a scenario where you build a strategy with us while we're on while we're in the conversation. So we ask you about a product that you'd like to see, you know, uh, you'd like to have in the world, anything could be a new motorcycle, could be a new kitchen appliance, whatever. And we just want to see your thought process about how you'd go about communicating the value, understanding the business model and, and going forward. So I think uh, taking that on, it's like, don't over-prepare as well as much on the technical aspect. Like you should know it, but you should really be able to sit through a, a live exercise and explain your thoughts and your feelings and why you think a product should exist in the world and how you'd evaluate it. Yeah, another thing, I, I, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but we were doing the prioritization exercise as well. Is that still, okay. I thought that that was yeah. a, another interesting piece we do here that how do you take a backlog and decide what to work on next? So I, I think I encourage people to to think through that in their current role always as, as PMs. That's what we're encouraged to do. But um, I thought that was a really interesting part of the interview process. And I would encourage folks to to not be shy. I mean, in a virtual environment, it might be a little different, but I remember like standing against the whiteboard and, and hashing things out with the other folks in the room. So I would, you know, take that opportunity to show how you really would work through a problem with the other people you're sitting around. Cause those will be your peers at some point if the interview process goes well. So I think, you know, interviewing is twofold though. They're Ibotta or whatever, wherever you're interviewing, you're, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing that company to make sure that that is a good fit for you as well as an individual. And if anything, I think I was sold on Ibotta after going through the interview process, just the amount of rigor that we put um, through vetting people before we bring them on board and really making sure it's a really thought out process. But going through some of those exercises with the other people in the room, I was like, I would love to come back and solve problems with these folks. You know, the way we were talking through through situations was really encouraging. So um, yeah, just make sure you keep that in mind. It's, it's a two-way relationship for sure. Well, Bergen, I think you hit on an interesting point there. Whereas I think we're all really expecting to be remote, probably I need, at least at about, at Ibotta until the beginning of July. So now we're looking at, you know, an additional eight months remote. If we're interviewing candidates, how do you prep if you can't have that connection necessarily that you develop in an insight or onsite interview if you're trying to do it through a computer? I know, Jake, you've been part of a lot of these conversations much more frequently. And I kind of wonder, has there been things that jumped out at you as successes or failures? Yeah, that's a great, Great question. Um, I have had a number of interviews with folks where 
I've, I've basically had to say no to those people because of the way that they have either um, consciously or just unconscious or subconsciously prevented us from building that strong connection via, via webcam, via Zoom. Um, so, so as an example, um, had, a, had a phone interview with somebody or a, a video interview with somebody, and I could tell they had a dual monitor set up, right? And I, like the, the Zoom um, actual application was on one screen, the camera was on the other. So he, he was looking at the screen where my face was, but the camera was over here. So I was looking at the side of his head the whole time, uh, where it's just like, no, you got like, you got to know, like when you're looking, you got to look at the camera more than you got to look at me on, on your screen. Right. So it's like those little things the, the the skills required to build connections and build relationships over zoom are very different uh, than what they are in, in person or in an office environment. So it's been really interesting over the last couple of months talking to folks and learning about those things. Like I had no idea that that was going to be a red flag or a no-go for me until that actually happened in an interview. I was like, well, hang on a second. Like eye contact's super important now that we're not in the same room and can't have that kind of more in-person connection opportunity. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's one example of, of what that looks like. So like if you are interviewing um, for a role and you're doing it on Zoom, like <laughs> That's one tangible piece of advice. Like always look at the camera. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you hit on a really good point, which is Zoom almost kind of like takes the quality of your interaction down by a few pegs. So you have to be thinking about how you can lift it up. So if that's being more engaging with your tone of voice and your enunciation and just like really trying to draw people in. And I think the other thing too is it's really easy even for the interviewer to just be like, okay, I'm bored. Um, let me check Slack while you answer these questions. We all know it's true. And, <laughs> you know, you want to keep that person engaged. Like you want to, like, you want to make them excited that they're interviewing you and that taking notes on your conversation is the most important thing they're doing right now. And if you lose that focus, then, you know, it's not, it's not great. Yeah, I'd say body language is as important, if, if maybe even more important, I think, in a Zoom environment. I mean, just watching people, even as we record this, and there's five of our faces on the screen, like, you can see people nodding in response, like, and that is very encouraging as you're both the interviewer or the interviewee in this scenario. So I'd encourage people to really to focus on body language. I think it, it goes a really long way in this environment. And it's something that's not just on the interview process. It's all your interactions with people you work with throughout the day of just, you really can, it's easy to tell when people are in the opposite Slack window versus, or in Slack versus Zoom and just watching people's interactions to what you're saying. So I would encourage people to be, I mean, maybe over the top with body language is, and this Zoom environment, I've, I've learned it's been helpful. Yeah, my wife was making fun of me because I was just sitting on a meeting going like, yes, yes, <laughs> like shaking my head up. And, like, you're really moving a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's fascinating, right? Like, you, you're not in the room, so you can't sense the, like, the temperature or the, the feeling in the room. Like, that's not, it's really hard, if not impossible on Zoom. So I feel like, the only real way you can hear people, of course, but you can also see people and what they're doing. So you have kind of fewer ways to communicate with other folks in a particular conversation. Um, so it's, 
Yeah, it's interesting how behavior, how, how interactive behavior has changed in a remote environment. I think that's more pronounced in interview situations. Now that I have my child on the screen, be super distracting. But uh, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about APM interviews or um, uh, like, yeah, people that haven't had experience, right? I think one topic that we brought up that was a good um, consideration was how do we get them talking from the interviewer side? How do you get them talking about something that they're passionate about and can display those product management skill sets? And on the APM side, how do you kind of bring those um, to light, right? Like how can you apply your work history or work experience to a product role? So anyone have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the most successful APM interviews that I've had is when somebody can take the question that we've asked them and relate it to any work that they've done, regardless of what it is, right? Like a great APM, if we ask them a question about how they'd make a particular decision, could kind of even take it back and be like, if they even came to me and were like, hey, this one time when I was a waitress at this restaurant or a waiter at this restaurant and I did this, and it was related to that. I mean, that's an, a type of creative answer that would that I would feel stoked about. And I also like it when people are brutally honest. And you know, if they call it out and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I haven't really done anything directly like that before, but here's a situation that I've had that's similar or a way that I think I would approach this." I think if they're just like brutally honest in it, like I would never fault them. Yeah, I think the only advice I would contribute there is I think it's very obvious <clears throat> when somebody is interested in the glamour and the prestige of the potential role and hasn't done their due diligence to understand that, A, that doesn't really happen. And most of the time you're really, you know, working at the behest of others and scrambling to make things work. So at least having done the due diligence to read a book or two, you know, read some articles and be able to speak some of the language goes a long way. I think there's a very big difference that we frequently see, which is oh, hey, I thought it was this, but it's not. Um, or, hey, you know, I had expectations that this is exactly what the role is, but I can't speak the same dialogue at all. And so you're just kind of, it's almost like speaking a foreign language sometimes with when we get into the kind of the product mindset. So being able to translate a little bit of that helps quite a bit. Um, and having maybe tried to run some of the ceremonies, even if it was just, you know, you doing it a little um, at home or something, you'd be surprised how, much of a challenge it can be to do a lot of these things if you've never done it. Yeah, I think that's a really good, those are really great pieces of advice. I've I've been talking to other folks outside of Ibotta that are trying to get into the product role. And, and fortunately, they are at least in an organization where they're able to be near and surrounded by other product managers. And if you are in a situation like that where you can find a mentor within your current organization, or I think we shout this out a lot, but Colorado product is another really great outlet to find other product professionals that are going to be willing to help you kind of gain some of those initial skills that would be helpful in that interview process. So I think if you just taking advantage of those outlets that are, that are there, people are, I notice in this community, really willing to help and help you get those skills that will be helpful for those interviews for those APM interviews. So Take advantage of them. It goes a long way if you're able to walk into an interview and say, I'm part of Colorado product. I'm, I'm involved in these ways. I, I go to these types of meetups, virtual, I'm assuming these days. But um, all those things go a long way, I think, to show your, your passion for the, for the role. 
Great segue to the purpose why we started this podcast. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, that's already a, a step in the right direction. So, so, so great job. <laughs> uh, but with that, um, thank you all for listening. Hope this was helpful. Um, looks like we've all finished our coffee. So uh, go level up.